0: what's going on guys man what a regular season that was huh ups and downs goalie situations Adrian Kempe is a fucking 40 goal scorer that's wild what a fun season fun man not much more you can say but I I think we all know the What's uh, what's up ahead? Um, I have the Seattle-Vegas game on right in front of me. Uh, I think Vegas is winning 2-1 to one right now. It's about 13 minutes left in the third period. Um, for those who don't know, the Kings clinched the third seed with the win. Um, so the only two teams they can face are, 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 are I'm sorry, uh, Edmonton and Vegas. So if... Vegas wins or gets a point, actually. If they just get a point, they're they clinch the Pacific division. And that would mean that the Kings would play the Edmonton Oilers in the first round. If the Kraken come back and somehow beat the the Golden Knights in regulation, then the Kings would play the Golden Knights in the first round. So that's what's that's what's uh in store right now. So that's kind of what uh, most of you guys, and I'm sure a lot of Kings fans have. Um in their minds right now. Uh, just this, this is what's left. And then we figure out where we go from there. Um, as far as the schedule, it certainly looks like the Kings game three and four in LA will be next Friday and Sunday. Um, just judging by the basketball schedules with the Lakers and Clippers also in the postseason, So I would guess that games one and two, whether it be in Vegas or Edmonton would be on Monday and Wednesday. Um, that's just purely speculation on my part. So I guess we'll have to wait for confirmation, but that's certainly what it seems like. But, man, I guess we could just talk about that game. Adrian Kempe, dude. I mean, it's – there's a lot of doubters. And, I I mean, I'd probably be lying if I I had said I wasn't one of them. Um, You think about the breakout season he had last year. 35 goals, gets rewarded with a contract extension. Even then, at some point, people were still wondering if maybe that was – Kind of a fluke, maybe a flash in the pan. Uh, a lot of empty net goals. But, dude, this year, I think actually tonight he had his third empty net goal, if I'm not mistaken. He finishes with 41 goals on the year. I mean, the first 40-goal scorer since Luke Robitaille. It's crazy. It was, it, was, it was a fun offensive year. This is kind of what we had been hoping for in Kings country, right? We – we've kind of grown accustomed to this Daryl Sutter type of game, which will win games, but it can be considered boring type hockey. I mean, this is the first year, I believe, since 1993, 1993 uh, 1984 where they averaged over three goals a game, I believe. I'd have to double-check that, but that certainly looks like, uh-oh, some Chandler Stevenson, oh, no. Okay, still 2-1. I- I'm st- sorry, I got the biggest game right here in front of me. Um, but yeah, so... This was a game that was all about offense for the Kings or a season that was all about offense for the Kings. They certainly ra- ratcheted it up. I mean, with the additions of Kevin Fiala, the breakout season of Gabe Bellardi, it certainly brought a lot of balance to the, to the lines or the forward lines. And then you add a little bit more stability on the back end with a, a really good season from uh, Mikey Anderson, Sean Dursey um, adapted well on the left side. Uh, Matt Roy was, was his uh, typical self, uh, steady Eddie played all 82 games. I believe Matt Roy is only the 17th defenseman in Kings history to play a full 82 game season. Um, and then Drew Doughty being healthy most of the season. I think he only missed one game. So, I mean, this is a team that exceeded expectations last year and it kind of feels like they exceeded expectations again this year, right? I mean, not a lot of people had them contending. I mean, for the most part, if it weren't for injuries, this team would have been contending for the Pacific Division title. Um and unfortunately we had to deal with a little bit of injuries toward the last what ten plus games or so and that kind of hampered that ability to make the division tie to make the division run. But hey, hundred hundred and four points in the year, one point away from the franchise record ties the most home wins in a season. So I mean, if you went to a Kings game at crypto dot com, you're more than likely to seen a win or two. So it's a fun year, and I'm – dude, I'm so ready for the playoffs. I'm so ready. I, I, I have I have high hopes for this team. Obviously, a lot of it probably has to do with uh, injuries and where, where we see some players possibly coming back from injury. Um, for those who didn't see, uh, I was at the practice earlier today. Um, Gabe Velarde was participating in his own little practice session, um, wearing a red contact uh, – non-contact jersey before practice started, and for me, from my point of view, and this is just my perspective, my speculation, what you want to call it, he looked really good. I mean, it to me, it looked more or less like a conditioning kind of stint where he was just humming along, didn't really look like he was favoring whatever kind of injury he was dealing with, um, really going 100% just with, with whatever drill he was running. So, I mean, I, I would say I'd probably be – surprised if he wasn't ready for game one. Let's say that game one would be Monday. Uh, he still has Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, with a travel day included um, before he can come back to the ice. So at, at, from what I saw this morning, I'd be surprised if he wasn't ready for game one. Um, as far as Kevin Fiala, I I really don't know what's going on with Fiala. They've kind of kept that hush hush. Uh, haven't seen him on the ice. Um I mean, I don't think we've seen him on the ice since, what, the Vancouver game. So, unfortunately, I don't know. I think it'd be a surprise if he's ready by game one. Hopefully, maybe we get him back later on in the series, uh, whoever it's against. Uh, because that's, that's I mean, that'd be a big boost. But the fact that they're able to get Velardi back, I think that adds a lot more balance. I mean, just adding Velardi back to the lineup, you kind of look at the, how the Kings are lined up right now. Um, it certainly seems like Todd is okay with the top two lines. Uh, with Kopitar, Kempe, and Byfield as the first line. And then the, the nice line, I think, had one of their better games tonight against the Ducks. Uh, it's obviously against the Ducks, so you can kind of take that for what it's worth. But then, if you, let's say you add Velarde back to that third line um, with Lazat, Ayafalo, I- I you're able to push Kaliev down, um, get McEwen out of the lineup, and then you have Kaliev um, with Kupari and Grundström. I think that adds a little bit more balance, um, certainly with Velarde in the lineup. That's huge. And maybe he add, and he'll he also add a huge impact to the power play too, because if you're able to swap out I follow with Velarde, um, with a little bit more skill and that front presence, I, I mean, that's huge for the power play. That's been a little bit lack, uh, lacking lately. So uh, Seattle's coming up on a 3-2 rush here. Not much going on. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where we stand too. I mean – just a fun game. Sweet decision series series against the Ducks. Um, yeah, not much more you could say about that. Campe hat trick, the nice line was good. Um, Corpusolo certainly looks like the game one starter. Uh, there's conversations who we'd expect. I mean, if you have Corposalo going tonight, obviously he started the last game. I wouldn't expect them to run Copley out um, game one because that would be what, like an eight day break or so, maybe even longer since he last played. So, more than likely looking at Corposalo being the game one starter. I mean, I don't I don't I don't think there's either a right or wrong choice there, to be honest with you. I think you could have gone either way and both had their arguments. Corpusalo obviously has a little bit more of playoff experience. Not a lot, but a little bit more. Um has that really outstanding eighty five save performance against the Lightning. Um, so I mean, and the way he's performed since coming over from, from uh Columbus, I mean, it's it's kind of seems more or less like the the shoe in to be the game one starter. So, um yeah, and then let's say, like maybe they they falter or whatever. you still have Copley to turn to. So definitely got two legit options for McClellan, but I, I don't think Corpus Allo is a bad choice at all. Um, and go from there. Yeah, so it was fun. fun, fun night. Now uh, looks like uh, to I, I wasn't able to go to the game tonight, but it certainly seemed like there was a hell of a lot of Kings fans there. I know some of you guys probably listening were at the game. Uh, it looked like a lot of fun, Dude, um, I mean, who are the Ducks? It's, it just sucks because I hate that. I just hate so much that Connor Bedard is coming out of this draft. And it's just like you could just, like, talk all this crap you want to a Ducks fan that you know or whatever. But then they're always just going to lean back and Bedard, which obviously, like, this is what the Ducks should have done. This is what every team should have done. They should have just tanked this year and keep, try to get caught Con- the best uh, odds you can to get Bedard. But. I don't know. You can't. You can't let that slide. This is this is easily one of the worst. This is easily the worst season in the Ducks franchise, and if not one of the worst seasons by any team uh, in a year. Oh, the Kraken have a power play right now. Uh, seven minutes left. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah. So let's bring in some of some of you guys. Let's get you guys lo- locked on here. Let's start off with uh, Ryan, my boy Ryan. What's up, Ryan? How are you doing? Hey. Can you hear me? I can hear you, buddy. What's Great, going on? man.
1: It's an honor to be first on here. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Uh, you know, Love it. Just happy over here. The, the game was so fun to watch. Just such an entertaining game in general. Um, yeah. I, I started watching a little bit later, like in the second period, but all the fights, you know, all the, uh, all the drama, Zegris getting ejected was hilarious.
0: Yeah, he's a baby. He's a <laughs> so funny. Madonna, huh? um, yeah, the first period was a little slow, but it definitely uh, ratcheted up a little bit in the second and got a little bit more fun. Oh, yeah. It was just so much fun to watch.
1: This is this is why I love uh, – I'm starting to love this sport so much.
0: It's a lot of fun. It's the, it's the best sport. It's the best sport to watch live. It's the best sport to watch TV. I mean, I tell people every time I do these, I mean, just I, I love the sport of hockey more than I love the Kings. I mean – Say Take that what you will, but, I mean, I'll always just turn – if I can watch a game of hockey, I, I freaking love the sport. I've been playing it since I was a kid. Um, if you can try to get – tell your friends or family or whatever to tune in and just take them to a game, I mean, I'm sure they'd love it too. So, that's all, that's really all I got to say about that. Yeah,
1: you know, um, it was a great season for us, in my opinion, a regular season, and I'm just excited to head into the playoffs. If we end up playing Edmonton, um, I hope we can – turn that around from last year or from last time we were against them Mm um i I unfortunately wasn't a fan at the time you know i just started being a fan like early this season so it will be the first time i see playoff hockey i'm I'm gonna try to make it out at least to one of the playoff games if i'm able to
0: because yeah i heard i heard it was a completely different experience oh playoff hockey um I'm sure a lot of you guys in here can attest. I mean, that's a totally different ball game. Uh, it's if you think you're having fun watching a regular season game. I mean, there's nothing more heart pounding, more nail biting, more you get the sweat going than than playoff hockey. I mean, I can. I'm sure a lot of you guys can remember. Dude, I mean, I, I just kind of go back to that series in 2014 against Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, dude, those overtime games. I thought those are taking years off my life watching those games. I mean, it's just it's just totally different than watching playoff hockey. You just your grip, you feel like you're just on the ice with the team, just watching it every second. It's just it's so fun to watch, and yet yeah, so heart wrenching at the same time. But I, I mean, this is what we sign up for, right?
1: Yeah, it sounds awesome. I can't wait for it. And um, you know, one thing I kind of wish we played Copley tonight, just because there a hundred percent would have been a goalie fight <laughs> uh but you know Corpy he got the win for us so i'll take it can't complain about that
0: yeah and he looks good i think you can't really i mean the first the first goal was just kind of it looked like the team was just like uh oh, whatever like we're just gonna come in here kind of kind of have some fun just stay healthy not really get too physical because that's certainly what it seemed like in the first period um i think i think uh Faust and Foxy mentioned it, that it seemed like they were going maybe like 75%, which, I mean, makes sense, right? Um, You you obviously don't want to get hurt. I mean, playoff seating is playoff seating, But at this point, you just want to go into the playoffs just healthy, whoever you play. Um, And and after the first period, it definitely seemed like physicality stepped up a little bit. I'm I'm just so happy that nobody seemed to get hurt uh, in the game. I I don't know how that – Hit from behind on Calle. It wasn't a, a major penalty. That's it's so ridiculous. But um, yeah, yeah, just just glad to see everybody come out of that unscathed, and you come out with the win too. So gives you a little bit of a boost of confidence. And then Corposalo obviously looks pretty good. Just besides those a couple of flubs by, by the team, but I thought he was pretty solid. Yeah, seems good to
1: me. So yeah, that's all I got for tonight. Uh, I hope everyone has a great night and enjoys the playoffs.
0: Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for hopping on. Right, thanks for having me. Have a good one. Good night. Let's keep it rolling. Let's bring in my boy Richard Sarabia. Richard, what's up, buddy? You there? I know he's always got the hot takes. What's up, my boy? How you doing,
2: Rose, How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great after this win against these loser ducks. You know, I hate them. <laughs> but you know who I hate? You know who I hate even more than them though is the Oilers. <laughs> I fucking hate them and I want revenge from last year.
0: But see, that's the thing. <laughs> I am glad you, you bring that up because um I've I've seen a lot of people talk like trying to avoid the Oilers and I get it. Like I'm 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 right with you yeah. there. I mean yeah. Edmonton, like as much as much as we hate them, they, they look good. They look really they, good. They're getting some goaltending. Yeah, Ekholm looks pretty solid for them. They look like a pretty good team. But I'm with you. I I, I I totally agree. I'm I'm right there with the revenge aspect of like,
2: it. I want them in this first round. I want revenge. I want to beat them, and then I want Vegas and the second round to destroy them because I'm so mad about 2018 still. But
0: dude, you're up for blood. I love
2: it. I'm I want blood. this is the revenge tour for the king. Is if it wasn't for the shitty goaltending in the first two uh, months of the season, we would have been one of division by like 100 miles. And you know this already. You already mentioned it earlier, and that's why. I'm looking forward to the playoffs, obviously, but also, what is Rob Blake gonna do? Like, because he has a lot of decisions to make this summer. So I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen, man. It's gonna be like crazy. It's gonna be really crazy.
0: Yeah, that's what's that's what's so fun with this Kings team is that it doesn't feel. This isn't like we're not at the twilight of this Kings like team in terms of the contention, right? I mean, yeah, Kopitar is, is, is getting up there in age. Dowdy's getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I mean, this is a relatively young core. And that's a core that you think about that's signed for quite a while. I mean, Kempe just signed a long extension. Mm-hmm. Kevin Fiala signed a long long extension. Mm-hmm. You have to know more. Um, you ha- and then Byfield's having a pretty decent first, I guess, full full season with the Kings. And not to mention players like Kaliev, Kupari, and then you, you just see the all the fun highlights from Brian Clark in the OHL. So there's a lot to be excited. This is, like, this is, like, almost like that last year was a test. This almost seems like another test for this team, and they're just going to keep building and building and building and get better and better.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what do you think of, like, the Kings being ahead of schedule, quotation marks, because the fact is that we're not – I guess we're not labeled a real, like, cup contender yet, but we have so much prospects and so much talent and the fact that we made it this far and did all the things that we did, we haven't even hit our apex yet. We're not even, the window's not even open yet. And we already did all of this. So can you imagine when they do hit their cup window or whatever you want to call it, like how much more damage can they do to the rest of the league? How much better will they be? How many more many more points? How many more records will they break? Those are the questions I'm asking myself in my head over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're totally right, man. I mean, you look at, and it's so smart to see what Rob Blake's been able to do, signing some of these mm-hmm. players to these long-term deals. I mean, look at the Mikey Anderson contract. I mean, that's a player that... That's a bargain. Fans, including, ...including myself. I mean, he's a total bargain. When when he went out for those five games, everyone's like, oh, man, like losing a player like Mikey Anderson is such a huge... It's such a huge impact... Or a big impact to the defense. And he signed to such a bargain contract for a long-term. And that's, that's an anchor on the left side. I mean, that's a player that... Maybe in a couple of years, probably Garner and seven, $8 million contract and signed for half of that. So this is, a, yeah, this is a team that's, that's, they're not even close to the apex of, of, in terms of contention. But I, I agree. I think they are ahead of schedule. A lot of people said last year that they exceeded expectations. So yeah. maybe even weren't even supposed to contend for a playoff spot last year. So if you think about it that way, maybe this year was supposed to be the year they were supposed to start contending, quote unquote. And they weren't even just contending. I mean, we were talking about maybe even a Western Conference title. So, yeah, they're way ahead of schedule.
2: I mean, if everyone comes back healthy, which is my only wish right now between, you know, now and game one of the playoffs, Mm -hmm. is to get at least uh, Velarde back. I think that would be huge. But if we can get both Fiala and Velarde for that first series, I don't really care so much about Edler, to be honest. (laughs) But if we get Velarde and and, uh, uh, Fiala, I could see – the kings for sure like um cha- you know challenging edmonton and for pre- possibly beating them like cuz they look really good when they're 100%. So I don't no, see why not, no. you know, I don't see why they can't go to the second or third round like you were saying.
0: No, 100%. Yeah, I think I like I said I think I'd be surprised if Villardi wasn't practicing with the team or I mean playing in game 1, uh just the way hmm. he looks at the skating. Like I said, it's just speculation on my mm-hmm. part. Um, with Fiala, I, yeah, I hope he comes back. Uh, that would be huge. I mean, add you—you you look at how that would be able to shape the Kings' lineup if they're able to add Fiala with Lazat and Bellardi on the third line, and then you're able to move I follow down or whatever lineup you want to put out there. Maybe even put Fiala back um, with Dano and Arvidsson. It's huge to the forward lineup, and, and that gives. Uh, another added boost to a, a team that contended with the Oilers last year and the Oilers really only made I guess a huge move in terms of Ekholm but besides that it's really the same kind of team so they, I did, they do have Bukestad um, mm-hmm. that. and I think Skinner will be a big test for them but that's also a player that hasn't doesn't have any playoff experience so we hear about all this talk about Copley not having playoff experience and he's not even starting whether I have corporate, corporate solo, who actually does have that playoff pedigree so The fact that you don't hear that much talk from Edmonton in terms of what Skinner can bring in the playoffs. I think that's another, I think, I think the Kings win in that. I think they're a better team in that and maybe one of the better teams in the Western conference in in, in that, because I would put Corpus right up there with maybe Jake Ottinger or Connor Hellebuck. I mean, I think it's those two are the top premier goaltenders in the Western conference. But right after that, I think it's Jonas Corpus So, I mean, goaltending can take Kings along – can take a team a long way. And if, if Corpozala can get hot at the right time, who knows what could happen.
2: You're right. And then when – if the Kings do come back, you know, healthier, then I think they have a way better bottom six than Edmonton does. And I think in the playoffs, bottom six matters just as much as not more than the top six usually.
0: hmm Yeah, so
2: – You got to account for so, those timely goals and stuff.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, like like I said, if, if you can add Volardi – You're adding Velarde to maybe most likely back to that third line. You're able to push, um, let's say, Kaliev down to the fourth line where he, he looks a lot more comfortable playing on the fourth line, maybe in a little like eight to 10 minutes a game Um, Mm -hmm. gives a little bit more of an impact than you have his shot on the power play. Um, And then you can have Velarde and and then also Velarde's impact on the power play. That's so that's huge. So um, just kind of a quick update in this Vegas game. I think uh, Seattle's down a man with two minutes left. So it certainly looks like Vegas is going to pull through. So looking more and more likely we're getting that rematch that you really want.
2: Hey, that's what I want. I'll be there for game three, man. I'm I'm ready for it. Love it. Love (laughs) it. Thanks Russ.
0: Appreciate appreciate you hopping I'm saying let's go Kings,
2: go. Let's just get revenge and see what we can do, man. Let's go as far as we can.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Maybe I'll see you at game three. Let's make it happen.
2: Yeah, man. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) All right, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you, you too. Yeah, so it uh, looks like Vegas has a power play. There's 2.06 left, and they just got a uh, two minute power play. So uh, they're up 2 to 1. Probably be a miracle uh, to see Seattle come back and beat them in regulation. So Kings Oilers, round one, buckle up. Here we go. Oh, actually, it looks like it's even strength. Sorry about that. So even still then, um, they're still up 2 1. So we'll see what happens there. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go to my buddy, Ian, here. Ian, what's going on, man? How you doing, buddy? I can hear you. What's Finally, on?
3: holy. Dude, last time I tried to hop on, I could not get on for the life of me. It would not let me speak. having a
0: little trouble, huh? Yeah.
3: <laughs> but thank you. you this time. Thanks for letting me on. And I just want to say, holy fuck, the Ducks are so mid, bro. Like, bro. Trevor Zegers is such a crybaby. Oh, my God. I hate him so much.
0: <laughs> he needs to learn he needs to learn I don't know it's, it's, it's tough because you, you obviously see the talent there I'm not going to hate on it, the player because it's it's a rival I guess you're supposed I guess as a Kings fan you're supposed to but I mean there's obviously a talented player there he just needs to maybe be a little bit more mature I don't know so, yeah, I mean, so he'll learn he'll
3: like learn. the Ducks had like a chance to come back in this game I mean like they showed signs of life but like after they get a goal they immediately just do something fucking
0: stupid <laughs> oh, dude like I mean, that's probably what the coach told him to be he like hey Carrick uh, we just brought this game within one we need to uh, settle down here and go take a penalty please
3: yeah like I don't, how many penalties did they even take I, I don't even know the exact number but they, I'm not sure
0: they, it's, they didn't. I don't even know if they announced the Carrick penalty on the in the arena so
3: they took like um, three penalties in like less than a minute bro yeah
0: yeah it looked like yeah
3: that. but good win I'm excited for the playoffs but I'm a little nervous i want to get i want to get out of round one and it's looking like we're gonna face off against against the oilers again which is fine mm-hmm. i want to i want revenge but they're a good team so
0: yeah yeah Kings fans, they should they shouldn't be scared i mean we shouldn't be nervous i mean I mean obviously be nervous it's playoffs but I mean yeah it's is the Kings team that I'm sure they have the back of their mind they want the oilers just as much as anybody i mean this is, they know they went into it a little bit shorthanded with no Dowdy, no Arbison. Uh, you have a healthy Dowdy. You have Mikey Anderson who's back healthy, who, who they didn't have in those two games against the Oilers. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to give them an added boost. And maybe you get a Velarde back, hopefully get Piala back soon. And then you go from there. And then I'm looking for another fun, long series. I mean, last year, I mean, I remember going on Edmonton radio. and having people laugh at me thinking that it was going to be a long series. And sure enough, that's what it it turned out to be. And um, so I'm sure a lot of those Oilers media and a lot of those Oilers fans are expecting a long series. And I'm sure they're just as scared to play us as as, uh, maybe some Kings fans are to play the Oilers. So it should be a fun one. should be a fun tilt.
3: Yeah, I saw some of them wanted Seattle to win and Vegas and Kings to lose because some of them didn't want to play us even after the short little losing streak that we went on recently. Mhm, percent That uh, that losing streak felt so long, but it was only like three games. But it feels so long. I don't know why. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it was just because of the teams that they were playing. Yeah. I mean, you had two against the Oilers. Um, I, forget, I forget the other team that even lost. Them. It feels so long ago, but yeah, you have no Mikey Anderson, and it kind of hurt the defense. Kind of misaligned. Um, some people, you had Gavrikov playing in the top pair, um, with Dowdy. Dowdy had never even played with Gavrikov really before. Um, and then Matt Roy having to readjust going back to Sean Dursey, who's a righty. So that kind of threw the, threw the mojo off a little bit. But now that Mikey's come back, which I think is huge, um, that they were able to get these two games in for Mikey before the playoffs started. So that way he's not being just thrusted right into a playoff, uh, series. He had a little bit more of a warm-up or a tune-up, I guess, uh, before he, we got the playoffs going. So, yeah, so I, I think they going to this uh maybe a little bit more healthy than we, um, we were uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago, and you go from there. So,
4: yeah. Fun.
3: And, bro, what the fuck was that hit on Dowdy today, bro? What the fuck was that? Bro, if he left the game with an injury, I would have been pissed.
0: Yeah, that was – dude, I don't know what the hell Max Jones was thinking there. It's just yeah. If he would have gone from injury, that would have been horrible. But luckily, like I said, luckily nobody, nobody got hurt in the game. Um, Callie looked like he just had a little bit of a, a little bit of a scratch there. Um, but yeah, just a quick update. Vegas scored an empty net, so pretty much locked in. So it's Kings Oilers round one. Here we go.
3: Yep. Let's give revenge. I'm ready. That's
0: right. That's
3: right. If I if if I had a guess, I would say it'd go to seven games again. Yeah, seven. I, yeah, games. It could
0: be a long one. It's going to be a long one. I think so. It's not. It's going to be a fight, definitely. But unless I the, the Kings, Kings surprise us well.
3: and sweep and sweep them in four games, imagine <laughs> that
0: would be hilarious. A lot of Kings fans would love that.
3: Yeah, and it would probably be a big upset with the Oilers fans.
0: Absolutely.
3: They wouldn't especially, believe the eyes.
0: having.
3: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we surprised them in round one by taking the seven games, and we're going to surprise them in round in the next – this playoffs too. Absolutely. Absolutely, sir. I love it. So, I'm ready. So, I'll let someone else talk, but that's all I want to say. So, yeah.
0: Appreciate you, buddy. I'm glad we were able to get you on this time. Thanks. Have a good one. Have a good night. Thanks for hopping on. You too, man. All right, guys, Kings Oilers, round one. I think this is kind of what we all kind of expected, right? As much as maybe some people wanted to see Vegas, um, maybe some wanted to get a Central Division opponent, but these teams—it felt—it felt like it was almost like this was like destiny, right? Especially after last year, man. But this is this is what hockey's all about. These are two teams that obviously hate each other. Obviously, the fan bases almost like look like they hate each other, and this is like, yeah, I'm glad. A lot like Richard mentioned it, and I think Ian mentioned it too. This is this is feels like revenge. This is a, the Kings that probably went into last year thinking that they were shorthanded. Uh, Doughty, I mean, I can imagine what Doughty was feeling like sitting in the press box watching those games, just probably just clenching his fist, fist wishing he was out there. But now he gets a chance to to be out there with his boys, and then try to exact that revenge and, and get back at the Oilers. But this is going to be a tough test, obviously. I mean, the Oilers look like the premier team in the Western Conference, the way that they've been playing lately. Uh, like I said, the additions of Ekholm and Bukestad, uh, I guess more more uh, Ekholm, seem to have really righted the ship in terms of defensively for the Oilers. I mean, they're winning games, like we saw against the Kings, what, 2-0, 2-1. Um, 3-1. They're, they're winning close games as opposed to games that were, were kind of expected from the Oilers in the past where they'd have to score five, six, seven goals just to, to win games. So um, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be I, I expect a long series. Um, if the Kings can steal one of the first two games like they did last year, I think they stole game one um, last year. That, that'd be huge because we, we've kind of seen how this team is able to play well at home in L.A. And if they're able to steal one in Edmonton and and give that home ice advantage to the Kings where you get that last change, you get those matchups against McDavid where you can send out Deneau and Kobitar against Connor and, and Dreisaitl as opposed to sending out the bottom six, I think that'll definitely help. And then you get the better matchups with Mikey Anderson, I'm sure. Man, I'm ready. I'm pumped. Dude, playoffs. So let's keep it going. OC Steve, let's bring him on here. O.C. Steve, what's up, buddy?
2: How you
5: doing? I'm looking optimistic, man. Um, I know everybody's talking about the playoffs, and I'm glad that the club out in Ontario is kind of by the skin of their teeth got in, dude.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) They're kind of just uh, making it happen. I mean, it's unfortunate because this – especially what happened last year, too, which is is really unfortunate. The Kings were decimated with injuries. Uh, there's some injuries that happened this year, too. So the Ontario Reign roster had to be – Just decimated. Uh, impacted a little. Yeah, I mean, you lose Jordan Spence, you lose Tobias Bjornfoot. Um, those are two big pieces for uh, the Reign team. So hopefully they can get – I don't know if Spence – or Spence is with the team now. I think Bjornfoot is still with the Kings. Um, but I wonder if LeFarriere will go back down to the rain or if he has to stay with the Kings, I'm not too sure. And that's what I was going to um, kind of
5: hit home, man. In the last week, I mean, AHL-wise, you don't really get big trades, but what you do get in the AHL around the playoff push is all these, you know, ELC collegiate, uh, you know, mm-hmm. ATOs, or they actually get, you know, minor bridge deals. So the fact that we got Portillo is is a big 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 win in the um goaltending future in LA.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because there there wasn't one, right? <laughs> there wasn't a goaltending future.
5: No, I mean, besides
0: was... b- besides Velalta, who I'm actually I'm I'm higher on Valalta than than some others. Um, but it's just unfortunate because what's happened with Cal Peterson, you send Cal down, and that's almost been a roadblock for Valalta. Yeah, he hasn't gotten the time
5: that he needs to actually get his, you know, get the ring rust off and compete because we're just sitting Cal down there, which I hope that we resolve that in the postseason. You know, I try to look where we're at in the present and I try to look at where, what we got to do in the summer and then prepare for the next season is kind of where I keep my focus at.
0: No, yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, like I talked about with Richard, this is a team that's on the trajectory of getting better and better. This isn't, this isn't like, uh, like the end of uh, like 2016 or whatever this is a team that's just getting started so you can yeah we can be excited for this playoffs but then we can also have our uh, an eye on maybe looking forward and see how we can get better and better but yeah this is a team that is going to be contending we'll see what happens this playoff series maybe the surprise people make a long run make a deep run and then we have some more decisions to make in the offseason as far as goaltending with copley and peterson being the only two goaltenders signed and then you have Gabe velarde who's going to be an rfa um you also have Gavrikov who's a ufa corpus is a ufa so yeah there's a lot of a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made in the offseason
5: yeah i just kind of look at it that way dude and I, I i get that everybody's high on that trade that we did with lumbus but it it kind of just is like it, it was a good trade. It helped us out for now, but I look at it as a rental. If we can't at least we'll lock one of those two guys in,
0: yeah, it's it's kind of what it seems, right? I mean, it seems it seems like they traded a first round pick for a rental, and I guess the third rounder was more or less for them to take Jonathan Quick's contract. Um, I don't know if that contract maybe helped the salary cap uh, long term, which doesn't really seem like it did. But I mean, it is what it is. You get two pieces, obviously, like you said, that that the Kings needed, a go- another goaltender, um, and then a left shot defenseman, and so I mean that's huge. I mean, especially you're, you're we're talking about a goaltender that the Kings are are obviously going to start more than likely in Game One. So and he's been a top ten goalie since he's come over. So it looks like a win in terms of that trade, and then figure it out what you will in the off season. I, I'd love to see Corbassalo back at a at a cheap hit. And then you kind of ride that wave and you have Copley and Corposalo and then try to figure out a way to maybe get away from that Cal Peterson contract and then go from there.
5: Yeah. Cause I, honestly, it's going to be fun watching Ontario next season if you're going to have Portillo and hopefully Valalta there.
0: You have Portillo, you have Volalta. Um, yeah. You might have Brent Clark at the start, depending on what happens in training camp, uh, Laferriere, uh, Pinelli. So then, <laughs> Dude, the talent is just coming. It's just still still going. It's still going.
5: Yeah, I mean, the, the rain next season just on paper alone are going to be fun to watch and going to be cheap games. So I get sometimes, you know, going to crypto is not going to be the cheapest, but it's a nice alternative knowing that we have a bright future for once that people can attend to, and it's like pennies on the dollar in comparison to going to a Kings game.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
5: So that's where I'm I'm optimistic about it. I mean, you know, the playoffs are the playoffs. It's a different beast. I would say my closing two cents are it's really going to boil down to our defense stepping up, man.
0: I think it's going to be – if they can shut – I mean, obviously that's priority number one, right? Shut down Connor McDavid. If you're able to shut down Connor McDavid and stay out of the penalty box, those are two huge things that they have to do because – the, the Edmonton Oilers power play has, has been, like, historically lethal. great. It's, it's been, lethal. It's, it's historically good. So if you're able to figure out a way to stay out of the box I think the King, and play most of the games at five-on-five, five, I think the Kings have a legit chance because they've shown the ability to just kind of shut McDavid down at five-on-five. Five. I don't even know if he had a five-on-five five point in the last two games that they played or even uh, he might maybe had, like, one or two in the four games that they played this season. Which,
5: yeah, it's, it's just my thing is it's just don't let them get under your skin. Once, you know, we lost that game and that game was kind of like an idea to see where we were at at the moment when they took Mikey out. So they're going to do if they get the opportunity, they're going to do stuff like that. So you, you're just going to have to play a very conservative game and defense is really going to have to step up. This is when, you know, you're really earning your money and your keep because playoffs, it's 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 a marathon. It's not a, a race in that regard.
0: It's crazy, right? Because it almost feels like uh, it's, it's this, this first series. Like, if they can figure out a way to get past the Oilers, and I don't want to look ahead. Um, obviously, this, this is going to be a very tough series. But if they can figure out a way to get past the Oilers, I mean, the sky's the limit at that point. If you're able, to, if the Kings are able to beat the Oilers, you kind of look at the rest of the Western Conference. I, I really think that the Oilers right now are the best team in the Western Conference. Um, Colorado's kind of going through some injury problems. Uh, Vegas they're just I don't know their goaltending situation is is iffy too and besides that I mean mean, Dallas Winnipeg there really isn't that team that kind of scares me really so if they can figure out a way to get past the Oilers I think that's huge for this team's confidence to to go forward and make a long run
5: yeah I do as well and then just a closing remark too I mean we saw what happened with chicago last night and i know that that series was hot heated for many people in 2014 man but to see a guy like jonathan taves go the way that he went and be injury prone and things like that there's a certain thing where you know obviously we're we're too close to the ducks to actually except for a guy like maybe like timu solani to show respect because he was a bigger guy in the game but you know he he was a franchise player for them. He, you got to show respect to your enemy at some time. And he was a generational player for their franchise. And I'm just glad that he was able to at least get one last game on the ice. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think about, I mean, when I, th- you, you think about those years, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to think that the players like Dustin Brown, um, Johnny Taves, um, he, he's not retired, but it's certainly maybe pointing that way with his health. Um, Ryan Getzlaff, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marleau, like all these players like that were just in their primes and really humming along in the Western conference around the 2010 era. And now they're getting, they're, they're kind of going away. And now it's just like this, you, this another movement that's coming in and obviously Kopitar is still going. He's still going strong, but I think we got to talk about, about what Anja just did this year, full 82 game season. Um, I think I looked up the stat. I was going to tweet it out later today.
5: Four four penalty minutes the entire season, too.
0: Yes, sir. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, Andre Kobatar, first player in NHL history to play a full 82-game season, average 20-plus minutes a night, and only have four or less penalty minutes on a whole season. First player in history. And I know time on ice only started being um, – I guess the, that statistic only started being um, – reported from the 1997-98 season but man I mean you think about too with Kopitar at his age to do that especially going against the competition and playing that many minutes I mean dude if he doesn't win the lady being then something's totally wrong here
5: just because of the amount of discipline you have to have because obviously you know your father your father time wins all battles But the fact that he could keep his discipline in-game and not get prone to tripping, slashing, any of those kind of penalties that just comes with you losing a step says a lot with his character. And it's always been funny, especially since you live in Orange County like I do, man. Like Ducks fans just love to give you shit left Mm -hmm. and right about everything. And I've never heard somebody say, you know what, Kopitar's a piece of shit.
0: No, 100%. Yeah, no, I think – I can't think of a more respected player across the league than Anja Kopitar. You hear about anybody that talks about him, I mean, national media, everybody. Like I remember, I remember hearing last year or a few seasons ago, John John Tortorella going on. I mean, it's John Tortorella, so take it take it for what it's worth, but going on ESPN when he was with them, saying about how Connor McDavid needs to learn how to play the game like Anja Kopitar. I mean, that's how well respected a player like Kopitar is, and I think it's it's tough that to see him play in a region like LA where maybe he doesn't get the attention that he deserves, but I'm sure he's more than happy with the rings that he's got on his fingers. I, th- and I think, he I think he's happy anything.
5: with the rings. I think he's happy with what his it's brought to his family. Cause I've even watched his other brother play with the, the ECHL reigns. So they've been more than generous, the Kings organization to his family, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those nice things. It's like we, you can, You can bitch about Drew Doughty. You can bitch about Jonathan Quick if you're a Ducks fan. But at the end of the day, my 11 is a hell of a lot classier than your current new 11.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love it.
5: Always love talking to you, brother. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. And as always, my friend, go Kings, go.
0: Love it. Go Kings, go. Yeah. We'll see you later. Have a good one, buddy. Oh, man, I'm pumped. So game one. I would expect it to be, I'm seeing people ask when game one is. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier, I would expect it to be Monday. Um, That's not official, but if game three and four in LA are Friday and Sunday, uh, which seems pretty much more than likely um, given the basketball schedules, I would expect game one and two to be Monday and Wednesday. So that way I don't think there's going to be any back to back. So, Games one and two, Monday and Wednesday in Edmonton. Um, Games three and four, Friday, Sunday in L.A. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm going to be there Friday and and Sunday. So hopefully we get some – we can sneak one out of Edmonton. And then let's sneak two out. Why am I saying one? Let's sneak two out and then sweep them at home. That sounds even more fun. I'm ready for that. Let's keep it rolling. Max G. What's up, Max G? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How you oh doing
6: man, that? bring on the Oilers! <laughs> I love it. And uh, I'm hear. I'm just bummed. There's no uh, Mike Smith, Jonathan Quick part three this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, get a little bit more. I guess the st- stability, maybe. I mean, but Jonathan Quick was pretty good last year. I mean, toward the end of the year, so I don't want to take any any uh, discount of what he did last year. I think I think he was pretty solid for the Kings toward the end. But I'm pretty pretty confident in what the king has gotten net uh, maybe a little bit more confident than what they had last year
6: yeah so I, I had a question about um, uh, roster expansion for the playoffs like how many how many players is a team allowed to add for the playoffs
0: actually so yeah after the, after the trade deadline there's no roster limits so you could have as many players on the roster right now and just as long as you're cap compliant um, I think they've carried maybe 24 or 25 guys. Um, a couple times, just given the injuries. I mean, he, that's why you didn't see like a Mikey Anderson or Gabe Velarde or any of these players going IR because you, you send those players to IR to open a roster spot. But given the fact that there's no roster limits, you can just keep adding players and, and just have them on the roster. So, yeah, so no roster limits. Um, I, I think I, don't, I wouldn't expect any players to come up. It seems like the McClellan's kind of happy with, with the lineup they have now. Um, I would, I, mean, I would more than likely expect the defensive lineup to be what it was today. You have Anderson, Dowdy on the first pair, uh, Gavrikov, Roy on the second pair, and then Walker, Jersey on the third pair. Um, Edler uh, could be available. He skated with the team today for the first time, or, or he actually skated with the team um, yesterday and then skated again today with the team in a red non-contact. But I would expect him to be ready for game one. And then up front, the forward lineup, um, depending on what happens with Boulardy, uh, like I said a couple times, I, I would more than likely expect him to be back for game one, and then you're able to to slide the Cali down from the third line to the fourth line, and then I would expect McEwen to come out of the lineup there. So, that looks like more the, the lineup that they'll probably run game one.
6: Gotcha. So, now that the regular season's over, I have to ask you, considering the Kings, you know, had the season they did, what they felt one point shy of the franchise record, and uh, Kempe scored over 40 goals first King to do that since Robitaille like almost 30 years ago so mm-hmm. since you've been following the Kings where does this regular season rank for you in terms of excitement and just you know the overall performance of the team because they've only had like seven seasons in history where they've had 100 points or more on a season or something like that
0: yeah it's weird right because you look back I think Know, you guys might have to correct me, but I think what was the last time they had 100 points was 1617, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was the Lucic layer year. I could be wrong, but it's this year just feel it feels different, and I think a lot of it has to do with maybe the offense that they're scoring uh, or that they're producing. I mean, you scored more goals than you had in in what close to 30 years, so it's going to be a lot more entertaining, uh, a lot more eye popping, I guess. So, yeah, this regular season is up there. It, it obviously didn't start the way we maybe all would have hoped. But like some other people have mentioned, it was all because of goaltending. If, if this team had gotten just adequate goaltending, average goaltending at the beginning of the year, we could be talking uh, the number one seed in the Western Conference, not just the three seed. Because, I mean, the way they were scoring goals, the way the power play was working, which has been a huge improvement. And hats off to, to Jim Hiller, who's done an outstanding job. I think the power play percentage actually was the second best in franchise history. Um, so, yeah, just a huge turnaround in terms of the power play, which I think is, like, humming along at, like, 25%, where last year was, like, 17%. So that's a dramatic upgrade. And so that, that just brings out a little bit more, uh, I guess – notice to the fact that this is a lot more of an exciting season that it didn't start too exciting but I look back like I think someone asked me like what what was like a turning point in the season and I, and I go back to that game in Boston where they were down by two I mean it's right this was right after the the Buffalo game where they gave up six goals in the third period I mean we're I remember we went live on uh, the hockey royalty show on YouTube. We went live talking about like there was mention of maybe McClellan losing the room, like fire McClellan was all over the chat. Like, I mean, people were just had pitchforks and torches out trying to figure out that change was needed, which I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that notion because yeah, it looked, this team looked so out of sync and just nothing was going right. And then the next game they go into Boston, they're down by two and they end up coming back and winning in a shootout. That seems like the turning point of the season. Phoenix Copley comes in and just really solidifies things, saves the season more or less, and it's been fun ever since. And I, it's kind of been like this these chapters that have gone on. So it's like been three chapters where you have that first chapter of just some really rough goaltending. You have that second chapter where they're just – everything's humming, where you have Copley in – um, they're just scoring at will. Velarde was going crazy. Fiala was going crazy. They're, I mean, they were just winning games left and right. And then that third chapter, where dealing with a little bit of injuries, kind of things faltered a little bit, but more or less secured a playoff spot. And now we're coming up to the fourth chapter, which is the playoffs. So so I'm ready.
6: Yeah, there's some crazy, like uh, someone posted the highlights from the first game of the year against Vegas, where it was 3-3 and Dursey had the bad outlet pass. And Mark Stone, right? like, Scored the goal with what, like twenty five seconds left in the game, and that was how this season started. And then, like you had mentioned, you know the the game that they lost in Buffalo six nothing, and then the shootout they won in Boston, and uh, you know the game against the Kraken that was nine eight, you know going yeah. up 4-0 on the uh, Hurricanes in Carolina, the, and then losing five the, four. It's just a bunch of crazy the games. Seattle,
0: remember remember the the Ottawa game at home in overtime where I think Doughty ran into another King and. Stutzel went down and scored the game winner. Like I think it's yeah. that game too. Like, yeah, there's so many of those games that you could just point to at the beginning of the year that were like just 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 head scratchers. They were like just face like hand to, to to face, just like what is going on with this team? And they've they, they figured it out. They figured it out. And Fiala's meshed in well. Villardi's had that breakout season. Kempe, obviously with the 41 goals. So I mean, offense is there, and the de- defense is starting to look pretty good too. I think Dowdy and Anderson—they're top five in Corsi against um, in in the NHL. So that's a shut down defensive pair. That's good. they're going to be leaned on in this series against against the Oilers for sure.
6: Yeah. And lastly, I wanted to say, Russ, you know, because the game was at had a terrible, have the best you know uh, percentage chance of getting picked for number one in on the lot. Like, I know the Ducks are rival for the Kings. Everyone wants to hit on the Ducks and the O.C., but.
0: They're cutting out there a little, a little bit, Matt. They're coming out, cutting out. I think you're Are you, are you trying to say you, you, you wouldn't mind Bedard coming to Orange County, is that what you're saying?
6: Yeah, in the sense of, like, he's in the L.A. market, and you get a chance to see him more often than not. And there's a chance that he doesn't live up to the hype. And maybe he becomes a bust. Who knows?
0: No, I totally, I'm kind of with you on that, too, because it's it's tough because Bedard, he's such an electrifying player. I mean, you you see the highlights, you see the goals. I mean, to be honest with you, I, would be, I think I'd lean more to him not going to the Ducks just because I think he's that good of a player. I mean, this is a player that, is going to be Connor McDavid, McDavid level, and if you can, we already have one Connor McDavid in the Pacific Division. I don't, I don't want to see another player of that caliber coming in the Pacific. So, I mean, yeah. So as as cool as I guess that would be maybe a cool fallback option um, if he does end up going to the Ducks or, or the Sharks or whatever, is, and stays in the Pacific, where you the Kings fans get a, a chance to see a player of that skill. I mean, because as much as we hate McDavid, I mean, obviously like just if you can like stand back and, and take your Kings fan hat off for a second, that's, that's a player that's really fun to watch in terms of just from a pure hockey point of view. But the fact that we're Kings fans and we want the Kings to do well, you have, you have to hate on a player like that just because of where he plays in the division and who we're matching up against. So if I could choose, I'd be, I'd, I think I'd rather stay away from Bedard in the, in the OC, but it wouldn't be the worst thing, I, I guess you could say.
6: Yeah, it'd be like how the Angels are with Trout and Otani. They got the two best players in baseball, but where are they going playoff wise?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I feel so bad for the Angels. I'll just go on like a quick little tangent. I'm, I'm a Dodger fan. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the sentiment. Like, there's this huge rivalry between the Dodgers and the Angels because I mean, the Dodgers, the, the Angels haven't really won anything, and they also play in two different leagues, so there's really not that rivalry. I just hope the Angels do well this season, just because I'm I'm like what what you just said, like Otani and Trout are two of the premier players in the league, maybe top two players in the league, and if they're not able to make the playoffs, that's just a a miraculous like monumental failure for that organization that they just need to tear it down and figure something else out, but hopefully they'll figure it out.
6: Yeah. Well, I appreciate the spaces this year, Russ. I know there's probably going to be maybe one or two more with the playoffs coming, but um it's awesome to you know share a space online with with Kings fans young and old talk about the season hear all your insight um this is probably the most I've ever watched hockey and the Kings ever in any given year of my life most games I've been to in person I even uh, invested in a uh, quarter season for next year up in section 319 for all the awesome. I guess I guess they call it the big game package against majority east coast teams but um so I might potentially get a, a ticket or two for the playoffs through that. But I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I hope it continues to be fun through the playoffs and, and I appreciate um, all your insight for the team and for the fans. So thank you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, man. I mean, this is what it's all about trying to build this community of Kings fans where we can talk and share our opinions, have, have you guys share, share your opinions. And I mean, we're, we're fans of the team and we want to see the team do well and, and, fans, just like I get, I get my voice out there, I want to let other fans get their voice out there. So I'm expecting a lot lot more fun seasons ahead. So maybe I'll see you at a playoff game or sometime next season. Looking forward to it.
6: Yeah, for sure. If not the playoffs, definitely next year.
0: All right, Max. Appreciate you hopping on here, buddy.
6: All right, Russ. Take care. Have a good one. You too.
0: Love it. Let's see. We got, man, Oilers, Kings. Oh, man. I'm like, I got nervous, nervous excitement going. I'm excited. Let's get my boy uh, Troy in here. Troy. How's it going, Russ? What's up, man? What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Good.
7: So I just wanted to ask, uh, get your opinion on Todd seemingly going with Korpisala over Copley for the playoffs. I know all the stats and metrics and even like the eye test kind of say that Korpisala is the better goalie. And even I think he's a better goalie. But I mean, at some point, Copley's just a winner. And, I mean, you look at across the league, guys with 20-plus wins, only guys who have a better winning percentage than Copley are both on Boston. I don't know, like, I feel like that's just something you got to consider at the end of the
0: day. I'm going to throw it back on you, because I asked myself the same question, too, right? I mean, Copley just wins games. That's all he does is win, right? But Corposalo maybe, I guess, arguably is the better goaltender. So... Let's say that Copley did start game one, and things didn't go so well. Do you think McClone would maybe get more heat for not starting Corpusalo than he would if maybe if it was the other way around where he started Corpusalo, things didn't go well, and then you kind of go from there. Do you think what do you think that would happen there?
7: I mean, honestly, you shouldn't care what people think if he's a good coach, <laughs>
0: uh, but I can definitely understand
7: where you're coming from. I just feel like people are putting a lot of emphasis on the corpussolo playoff experience, but something yeah. that I got remember is that was in the bubble. That's a completely different environment than like a normal NHL playoff game. And even just looking back the last two weeks, specifically against Edmondson, you know, when Copley played them last week when we lost, both the goals he gave up power play goals. He gave up no goals, 5-on-5. Meanwhile, Korpisalo got yanked after giving up 5 to Vegas. So it it just seems like long-term, short-term, Copley's got it down. I mean, he's winning. He's got like a 75% winning percentage. And I I, I honestly agree that is better, but I would rather win than have a goalie that's better and lose. So...
0: No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you, where to me, like if I had the choice, I would have started Copley. Yeah. And it, it more or less because where we can have this argument where it's that close to the point where we're kind of debating it, I think what Copley has done for this season and helped it, what what he's done for the team this season, I think that would, for me, give him the edge in terms of giving him the start. Because this team would be nowhere where they're at if it weren't for Copley. So the fact that we're able to have that debate as opposed to oh who should start, who's the better goalie, I think just of what, what he's copley's been able to do um, for the Kings this year, I think that would give him the edge in terms for me in terms of starting. But I, I don't think I think it's just I think it's so close on a margin to the point where yeah you can go either way, right? I mean it's just that's just it's a good problem to have, I guess, right? It, it's it's one of those good problems.
7: Yeah, so what do you think it would take then for Copley to start a game? Because I know playing two goalies in the playoffs, like you have zero. So do you think it's just going to take Corpus Allo getting lit up or we go down 3 nothing, and then you just give Copley a chance or you just have to ride with Corpus Allo through the
0: playoffs? So this is this brings in, up another thing, another point. that We're gonna actually going to talk about this on our podcast. I think we're going to do one this weekend, maybe tomorrow. I'm not sure, but yeah, so what what – what would dictate the point, like you just said, to bring in Copley if if the Kings lose three to two in the game one? Do you decide to go Copley in the next game, or do you just keep riding Corpusallo? Yeah. So it, it, this is this is kind of the problem that I guess McC- McClellan kind of backed himself into, right? Where he just kept going back and forth with the goalies. You don't really, you didn't really figure out. I mean, even with Corpusallo getting these last two starts, we're still having this kind of discussion of oh who should start game one i mean he didn't really solidify a game one starter or a starter ahead of one or the other so that's where that's where it gets tough it's because is when where does it get to the point where copley can come in and i guess for my answer i would i would say like maybe if the kings get lit up in one game and you bring in copley and then you let him finish and maybe you ride him into the next game i would say maybe it goes from there but even if you're, even if they lose close to game one, I would still expect Corpusalo to go game two because that'd be tough to go goalie to goalie. I mean, mentally, the goalie's got to prepare. Where I mean, I, I, you even you look at Corpusalo and Copley, they don't they don't come across as the type of people who really get mentally um, fragile or mentally fragile or anything like that. Anything really bothers them. But even still, you would you would want that confidence to know that okay, I'm going game one. I'm more than likely going to go game two as opposed to going into game one being like, oh, what happens if I lose this close game? Am I still going to be starting game two? So I think McClellan just has to ride with Corpusalo um, if, if they're close games in the first couple until maybe there's a blowout and then you have to bring in Copley and then maybe you go, from, go to Phoenix there.
7: Yeah, I agree. Well, I appreciate it, Russ.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you hopping on here, buddy. Have a good one. Let's keep it rolling. Man, last regular season spaces. This is a freaking crazy fast year, right? This year flew by. That jersey flub feels like it was so long ago in opening night. Scott, what's up, Scott? How you hey, doing?
8: Russ. Uh, long time uh, listener, first time caller, man. Stoked to be on.
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Uh,
8: what's going I on? was at the uh, game tonight uh, in Anaheim. I actually live out in Orange County as well, uh, but born and raised up in L.A. County. Married in Orange County, girl. Don't hold it against me. But I live out here now, so I like to go to a lot of the Kings-Ducks games. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw or it's been talked about it yet, but the L.A. Kings beer that they were selling at the uh, Ducks game tonight, I don't know if anybody saw that.
0: They were selling L.A. Kings beer? So what they
8: were doing was they were selling cans of beer called Chrome Dome beer. And it was in a silver can – and at the bottom, it said L.A. Kings fan beer, artificial blonde ale. And they were selling it for ninety nine dollars a can served warm and you could buy it. It was a real thing they were allowing you to buy. Basically, the Ducks spent the whole night just trying to troll Kings fans in the building.
0: That's really all they got. Yeah, that was That's it was it was kind
8: of hysterical. I was really tempted, along with a lot of other Kings fans, to pull the trigger and just buy a can and Spend $99 on a can of beer you're never going to open. and uh, But then they're winning. They're, they're winning, Scott. They I really know, I know, I know. That was that was why I held back. I was like, and a rumor was that the money was going to charity so they wouldn't be like, you oh, know, okay. go to jail for price gouging or anything like that. But I think, uh, I think a lot of people might have uh, – you know hesitated a lot uh not done it but it was uh it was pretty hysterical uh being there and seeing all the ducks fans do anything they could to try to make kings fans feel bad
0: they did a lot of questionable things with the, the twitter kind of going after copley for not wanting to fight quote unquote. yeah exactly Gibson, which, yeah and then even tonight they posted that thing of 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 uh, uh dowdy getting cross-checked I'm like what are you guys doing? yeah uh, obviously
8: and another thing they did it, on the jumbotron was they played the lebron clip of him not knowing
0: that la was
8: or kings were in la uh yeah that, that's
0: that's all they got yeah that's really
8: all they got the uh, the only other thing i wanted to say like uh, in regards to anything was uh in regards to bedard uh potentially going to Anaheim. That like. If there's one conspiracy theory I believe in in my whole entire life and I don't believe in any, it's, it's that the NHL draft is occasionally, you know, rigged to a degree. And, and, and <laughs> I really just see Bedard going to Chicago or Ottawa. I know Ottawa's looking for new management and or new ownership, really. And I could see that being very enticing for a new owner to get Bedard. And have him on the East Coast and very visible. The other place I see him going is Chicago, just to put him on an original six team, help that team rebuild ASAP. You know, the NHL we all know is really bad at marketing players. And I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. their only thing that they they typically know how to do is just put a player in a very visible city, you know, i.e. Connor McDavid going to Edmonton, Austin Matthews going to Toronto. Uh, I, I just think, I think it's kind of set in stone as much as I, I again, I, like you were saying, I would hate to see a guy like Bedard and McDavid, both in the Pacific division as a Kings fan. I, I just still don't, I don't think they're going to allow Bedard to go to a team like Anaheim and, and not get seen every night, you know, by the typical yeah. hockey media.
0: You let Bedard go to a city like Anaheim or Columbus or San Jose yeah. and- Gary Bentman would probably lose his mind. Exactly. But I'm sure I'm sure he's he's definitely trying to pump up those lottery balls um, so he can justify getting Chicago a winter classic every year. Absolutely. Uh, maybe yeah, it. or
8: even help, or, or maybe, even like I was saying, help Ottawa with, you know, getting somebody who really like I think probably somebody's on the fence with purchasing Ottawa right now, but I think you put Bedard in Ottawa and somebody's definitely buying, and they're paying more too, than
0: they probably would have been. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Ryan Reynolds or put on the Deadpool suit and do a little dance with <laughs> <Yeah, for> Gary <laughs> Bettman or something. God only yeah. knows.
8: But yeah, but thanks, uh, <laughs> thanks for all the LA Kings content, man, and uh I really appreciate uh everything you do.
0: Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, absolutely. Here. Have a good me one. You too. Man. Yeah, I I don't know where Bardard's gonna go. When when is the lottery? The 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 lottery's actually soon, right? Let me chill
1: Dates 2023.
0: Right, let me look this up real quick. I'm pretty sure that lottery is coming up here. I don't know. It is what it is. But yeah, it's going to be. I guess that lottery is pretty much the draft, right? It's it's whoever's going to win that draft lottery is going to get batard. Um Monday, May 8th. Okay, so it's a couple weeks away, um, four weeks away, and that's going to be an important day for some franchises. Definitely going to be tuned in. So I'm sure the whole entire NHL is going to be tuned in because, I mean, I don't know if you guys if you guys don't know Connor Bedard, just Google the highlights because they're insane. The, the kid's crazy good. He's got it's not just the the dangles and the moves that he can do, but he's got a oh crazy good shot for how how young he is. Johnny Johnny. You, Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah LA. What's up, man? You there? Johnny Utah. Looks like you're trying to talk. I can see you. I'm gonna bring in uh Julian so we can get you figured out, Johnny.
9: Julian Hello? Yeah.
0: What? Julian, what's, what's up, man? man? Yeah,
9: I'm a big LA, LA Kings you? fan, man. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love the energy. I don't know what to say, man, but I'm just excited to be back in the playoffs, man. I know, like, this is important now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. after, like, when the All Star break came up, I always say this after the All Star break, it gets very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because let's say you have some players injured and all that stuff. Yeah. They're, they're ready to, uh, once the play- All Star break's over, you got it on starts. You got to hope some players will get back from injury and all that stuff. Cause, yeah. Oh, it gets hard after that.
0: Dude, I'm just praying that we don't get any, like, surprise injuries like we did last year with Arvidsson. Mm. I mean, obviously losing Dowdy sucked. But, I mean, even then, uh, there were still a lot of Kings fans that were happy just to be back in the playoffs. But at this point, I think Kings fans are kind of – they're they're away with the 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 kind of uh, – we're just here to have fun at this point or even here to, to give Justin Brown his due before he rides off into the sunset. I think Kings fans are going into this with a little bit more vengeance on their mind. With a little bit more of a Stanley Cup hope on their mind, uh-huh. and then we, you go from there. I mean, you, we can—we've all seen what can happen in the playoffs. I mean, Kings yeah. won the Stanley Cup as an eight seed, so yeah. you get a goaltender that can be hot. Maybe you get a, a player that can get hot. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen.
9: Yeah, man. As they said, anything's possible. And as they said, anyone can be beaten.
0: To anybody, right? I mean, yeah. King showed it. King showed it last year, just yeah. taking Edmonton the game to seven games with no. Yeah. No, doubting and Arvidsson. Yeah. Um, hopefully we get a surprise uh, return for Fiala. Yeah. I uh, have my fingers crossed. Same but here.
9: And for uh, uh, Villardi.
0: It'd be huge. I think I think Velarde will be back. So that would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it's it's like like I mentioned earlier, it's just good to see Mikey Anderson get his two games in before mm-hmm. the regular season too.
9: Yeah, I was afraid when he went in along with Fiala that one time when Coach McLellan put him in because I was about to say, I if I were McLellan, I'm not. I'm just saying this. Why chance them getting hurt again and the injuries getting worse?
0: Yeah, I think there's there's something to that. Um, you kind of look at the two the two games that Anderson played. Uh, the Fiala ones, yeah. The, the Fiala one's tough because we're we're not obviously not like around the training staff or we don't know the injuries. But yeah, just kind of looking at it, you, you saw Fiala come back in that Vancouver game, and after that first shift. He's just grimacing on the bench, like, in mm-hmm. pain. And so, yeah, all of us are going to start speculating, like, dude, what the hell? Like, why is he being rushed back? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then he hasn't even played since then. So, at this point, it's kind of like um, just kind of hoping that we can get all back and hopefully he wasn't re-aggravated any injury. Yeah. So Mikey, Mikey, I'm kind of glad that they brought him back because you, you had games against Vancouver and Anaheim. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, two barn burners that are going to be – Rough and tumble games that weren't even really that important. Uh, yeah, he took he took some hits, made some plays, and got got to cut some back to to game speed and can be ready to go come game one. So it was, uh-huh. it was a little bit of a risk, but it it paid off in the end, I guess.
9: Yeah, as I said, I'm not trying to be rude to anyone here that are a Canuck fan or Duck fans. It's just that I never liked the Canuck fans because how toxic their fan base is. When remember when they lost those two Stanley Cups. <laughs> and then they caused they the right yeah i remember that that was toxic <laughs> and two i have a, a friend who's a ducks fan and oh man he made him go at it every time
0: <laughs> i grew up with friends that are ducks fans like like i think oc steve uh, scott or scott mentioned that I, i'm in the orange i'm in the oc and orange oh City. yeah
9: i heard that so
0: yeah so i, I grew yeah. up with some ducks fans but i mean the only yeah. thing they got right now is that they were tanking for bedard which which sucks but yeah. i mean it's hard you, they just had one of the worst seasons in the NHL history. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is what it is.
9: I remember last season that beginning start they had before the season ended. That one last season one the season we made the playoffs when we took Edmonton to seven games. I, when, I remember that beginning of the season they had a fast start, but then something went downhill for them.
0: Who was the, the oh the Ducks? Yeah, yeah, oh, the
9: they Ducks, had a fast start, and I thought they were going to be con- like not like playoff contenders, but I thought they were going to. I mean, yeah, I thought they were going to be playoff contenders, but they I, something just went wrong from them.
0: I think the ducks were in first place in like December last year.
9: I, I think so too. I yeah, and
0: they just yeah. I think they kind of realized that they weren't probably a good team as they as they thought they were. Yeah, um, but yeah, they're if obviously Bedard is is on their mind, but if they don't get <laughs> Bedard, I mean, it's it's funny because a lot of these, these teams are just kind of going taking mm-hmm. hard for Bedard, and and there are some other good players. I think Matvey Mitchkoff is another good mm-hmm. player. Noah Fantilli, the Hobie Baker winner, looks like a really good player. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So there's some other good players that are, the Ducks are more than likely <laughs> going to get one of those players because I don't think yeah. they can fall out of the top three. Yeah. But if they get Bedard, that'll that'll definitely um, rush their rebuild up a little bit.
9: Yeah. Uh, uh, for Trevor Ziegler's, I saw at the end of the game where he was like throwing like a tantrum. I'm saying this point of view: Ziegler wants out of Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean.
0: It is what it is i mean i mean if he, i'm him i would possibly want out because i he def, you know what's funny it's funny you, you said it because he seems like such like a i need i need the spotlight type player where like like i could definitely see him being in anaheim just being so aggravating like especially like what he did during the all-star game where there was mm-hmm. a the skills competition where he was tweeting out like like all those all that stuff and and, and you could just yeah. tell he just wants to be in the spotlight he's <laughs> Not going to get it obviously as much. As yeah, he exactly.
9: Would
0: you got to earn. You got to earn that. Exactly. Exactly.
5: Yeah,
9: like nothing's free given to you. You got to work hard for that. Mm-hmm. And
0: that's yeah, he expects it to be given.
9: Yeah, man. All I'm saying, man, is I know we can beat Edmonton if once we get Fiala and Kempfey back. Oh, not I man. Fiala and Velardi back. I don't know about Edler though. I mean, Edler could possibly come back, but who? Once we get those three back, I think we're ready.
0: Yeah, it'd be be interesting to see if they do bring Edler back. I mean, I'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't played in a game in a few weeks, and uh, so it'd be kind of tough to just thrust him into a game against Connor McDavid and then. Mm -hmm. But so I would would Mm -hmm. expect – I mean, Walker's played really good this year. He has. You have to give him his due. I mean, he had a rough start, but he's had a really good year. Seventy played 70 games this year. Yeah. Um, He's been solid, so –
9: yeah, he has.
0: I, I would expect uh, him and Jersey to be the third pair. And then, because you got a really solid top four pair. Yeah, man. Go from there.
9: Yeah, exactly. Well, and isn't, like, Alex Hedler retiring near the end of the season? Because I heard he, like, spent 16, 15 seasons with the Canucks until we picked him up. Because I'm pretty sure he's most likely going to retire after the season because he's up in his age.
0: Yeah, I would expect him to. I think he signed a league minimum this year. So, I'd be surprised if he did come back.
9: Yeah. You never know, though. Anything's possible. Never
0: know. Exactly. Never know.
9: Uh, if anyone wants to talk, I can leave. And yeah, hopefully, uh, thank you for having me talk.
0: Yeah, appreciate you hopping on here, buddy. Have a good thank one.
9: Thank you, man. You too.
0: All right, Johnny. Let's see if we can get you get you going back on here. Johnny, Utah. What's up, man? You there? Cool. Hey, how good. You it's doing? been a
4: crazy year. I think the last time we talked was after that Seattle game, which was like a real eye opener on how the season. Was gonna go, but
0: after the 9 after the ninety. Yep, game?
4: we talked after that. I think we we're all
0: just like, "What's going on here?" Um, Dude, it's funny because now, now that you bring it up, I do remember doing the spaces after yep. that, and I think I just felt so dejected sitting in my car while, like, witnessing what I had just witnessed. Like, you score eight goals and you lose oh, yeah. in regulation. Yep. I was, horrible. I was
4: sitting there at the game. I, I was like, I shocked I don't think I've seen I've been a fan since 92 I've seen nothing like that but you know they turned it around and this is where we're at and I mean I don't want right? to you know, I don't want to trash a good season I mean it's been a lot of highlights but I mean Edmonton they haven't lost 20 games in regulation I mean this is going to be tough and you know one thing you know me you know what I always talk about the physicality I mean I don't know how the Kings are going to match up physically against Edmonton I mean look what happened last year with Kane and Nurse and Cassian. and OK, they got out they don't have casting anymore but they got Bukestad and uh you know Clem Kostin they're way bigger i mean when they look at the kings roster over the or over this weekend what is intimidating about the kings to edmonton i mean the goaltending maybe the defense not so much look at the bottom pair of dersey walker i mean this is one of the the things blake's got to look off in the offseason the bottom pair d and the fact that Blake Lazat's the third line center. And when, let's just say well, everyone's yeah. healthy. You got Fiala and Ballardi back. Your fourth line is Ayafalo, Kupari, and Kaliev. Is that like a fourth line that's going to go far in the playoffs? Like, I don't think people realize playoff hockey. Like the Kings won in, in 12 and 14 with guys like Calcliffe or Joel or Nolan on the fourth line and guys like Willie Mitchell and Matt Green and Robin Ruggier on D you think Edmonton if they were going to play in Minnesota in the first round they're going to be like oh boy like they got four guys scored for 20 goals we got to go against Dumba and Spurgeon we got to go against Reeves and Bellino like what about the Kings is is scary i don't understand what we can offer that we can beat them just more of a team game uh, like I I mean, um, you know, I I saw a lot of tweets this year. I mean, even you were saying things about, like, you know, put Jad in over McEwen and put Spence over. I mean, I get it, but that's regular season. But what are you going to do in the playoffs? Like, that's there's a lot of small guys. I mean, Blake has to really look in this offseason. I mean, I was saying things on the message board and Twitter that he should go after Cassian. I mean, put him against his old team. He knows there's a chance he's going to play Edmonton. I mean, he makes a lot of money. I don't know, work out some with Arizona. But he really needed to add someone else, like McEwen, I was hoping for the best. He doesn't look like he wants this role. You know, uh, the saying says he can't paint, you know, paint whatever stripes on a, I don't even know, what Lombardi used to say. But, you know, I, I don't know if he's the guy. I mean, Lemieux was way meaner and started up more and and, and was basically, you know, I watched it in section 111, all playoffs, man. He, was, he stayed in the ice after the games, after the shootouts mm-hmm. with Kane. There was like a game within the game with him and Cassie and challenged each other like, Who's going to do that this game? Like, who's – Ryan Nugent Hopkins basically bullied the Kings the last game. You know? So, I, I just – I don't know what the Kings are going to do here. I mean, free to feel a chime in. I just vented. But <laughs> – <laughs> No, I love it.
0: I love it. No, I, yeah, I feel it. This is You're pretty much saying a lot of the things that probably Kings fans have on their mind. You, you can easily just point back to the last two games that the Kings played against the Oilers where I, I believe I shared they were out hit like 70 to – Thirty something or whatever, something like that. So, and then yeah, you can even just point back to the season last year or the playoff series last year, where Vander Kane just lived in front of the net and the Kings could really do nothing about it. So, I think there's 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 really three things that the Kings just need to do to to, to, to really be competitive in this series, and they kind of showed a little bit of it last year. Um, just stick to your system. This is this is are this they a system team, and you kind of ask like how, like what's going to be good or what's going to. Help the Kings win against the others as long as they stick to that system um, that they play. They, uh, they they play a really a solid one-three-one neutral zone. Um, that they can really limit the speed that Edmonton can can kind of generate in the neutral zone. I think that will help. Um, and they've shown the capability with Mikey Anderson and and, and Matt Roy and and you have Gavrikov too. I mean, they they're able to to break out pretty well out of their own zone. So I think that's that's number one. Uh, number two, shut down Connor McDavid. Obviously, that's that's huge. Um, I don't think you, you need to say anything more than that. And then number three, just stay out of the box. I mean, this is a power play that's historically good. So, if you can really limit the, the ability for them to go on the power play and just play a lot more five-on-five, five, I, I think the Kings have a really good chance. I mean, those are those are three big components because you look at the, the Oilers, yeah, they have Nugent Hopkins who's having a good year. Uh, obviously, Dry Saddle's on the team, but I would have to look at like how many other points came on the power play. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's quite a bit. So yeah, if you're able to limit, limit their power play chances, stick to the system, play five on five hockey and, and and really kind of shut Connor McDavid down. I think the Kings have a really good chance because I mean, this is a good team. The Kings, Kings aren't just like bottom feeders are just kind of sneaking into the playoffs like they did last year. They're, they're a team that deserves deserves praise and deserves recognition right up there with, with the Oilers, especially when they're healthy. I mean, they beat the Oilers twice already. Obviously, the Oilers added Ekholm and Bukestad. But even still then, I mean, this is a team that even took the Oilers. They, they were close games that they lost against the Oilers without Anderson, Fiala, and Blardi, And they still, still put up a competitive fight. So uh, I, I, I think there's a legit chance. I hope
4: team. so. I mean, but even looking at last year's uh, team versus Edmonton, Kings had Brown, Kings had Lemieux, Athenasiou was in and out, Troy Stretcher, Stetcher, he can throw him if you have to. You know, they, they were a little bit bigger. I just think that if, you know, we're hoping for the best, you know, I always hope the Kings go deep, but if, you know, it doesn't, I think in the off season, we're all going to be thinking about this, what Rob Blake didn't do and what he needs to do. And it's not goaltending and it's not defense and it's not for, for, I mean, it's it's something in those positions, but it's physicality and nastiness. He needs to add it across the board. He needs like a left shot, nasty defenseman, you know, like an Edmondson, a, Joel, a Nick Sealer, something like that. And he needs a a, a guy on forward, like a, a Lemieux type. And if he doesn't want to put a guy out there just to do the role, then go look at somebody like a Nick Ritchie or a Max Comtois, a guy that you could put on the third line or something. But the Kings really need some grit. They got bullied a lot of times this year. I made a list. I don't want to go over it. Maybe next call. <laughs> but, um, you know, Grunstrom's teeth getting knocked out. Anderson, you know, leveled. Uh, uh, Josh, Dakota Joshua and Gunst- Grundstrom, you uh, you know, Kachuk on the Quick's mask. I mean, I could just go through all year, you know, they were cut, ran like I've never seen him run before, uh, you know, and um, it, partly because Lemieux was in and out of the lineup or he was injured, and they really need to do something about this. And I think come playoff hockey, I think we're going to see that that's going to become an issue. But fingers crossed they go far, and uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see,
0: yeah. We'll see if that physicality is the issue. That would be definitely one of the key aspects, I guess, we'll all be watching is to see how they match up. Um, in terms of that uh, physical type hockey, because we like, like I talked about, that Vander Kane really just did whatever he wanted um, in the offensive zone, got away with a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, this is a team that you had a lot, a lot of young players that were really getting their first taste of playoff hockey last year, right? So Durzi, Carl Grundstrom, uh, Kupari, Vellardi, uh, Byfield even got a couple games. I mean, there's this is a team that was really young and new, and even Mikey Anderson too. I mean. Those those are all players that really experienced their first brand of playoff hockey. And now that they go into it, uh, they, I mean, this is opponent they know, obviously. So they know what to expect. They they know that type of hockey that you're mentioning that, that is going to, the Oilers are going to bring. So hopefully that can kind of give them a little bit more confidence that they can play and match up well against the Oilers. But yeah, I totally agree. I think this, that'll be something to watch for. And maybe that's something that Rob Blake addresses in the off season. If it does come become a problem this year well, I
4: appreciate it, Russ keep up the good work on these spaces and Twitter and you know I, I watch you daily on Twitter so I can see what's going on
0: so I appreciate it I appreciate you hopping on here yeah. buddy let's go let's make it happen it should be fun oh all right man how long have you been going a little over an hour ooh all right I think I'm gonna end it right here guys kind of just kind of time lost me here a little bit it's a little after 11 or eleven fourteen. Um, like I said, we're going to have a podcast this weekend. So if you guys haven't tuned in, we'll be on YouTube. I think Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, one of those days, we'll do a playoff preview podcast. We'll have playoff preview article coming on royalty.com. So stay tuned. Still got more stuff to talk about. I'm pumped for this series. It's going to be fun. Um, it's Kings Oilers. This is, I mean, this is the rivalry. It's the best rivalry in hockey right now. And I'm, I'm so excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And let's see if the Kings can shock the world. But I'm going to sign off. Appreciate everybody that hopped in here. And I'll see you all on uh, game one. Have a good night, everybody.